Welcome to day 113 of Shaped by the Word, Season 3, The Story of the Prophets. We've been reading through the book of Isaiah, and today we come to the end of a second section on Isaiah, chapters 40 through uh, 55, and we enter into the final section of Isaiah, uh, chapters uh, 56 through 66. And if you look at the three sections of Isaiah, uh, the first section, chapters 1 through 39, is a warning of coming judgment. And here the hope in the middle of the coming judgment is a is a king who will restore the fortunes of Israel. And we have that beautiful Christmas pat, you know, passage, uh, for unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given. He'll be called Everlasting Father, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. So you have that beautiful you know, kind of picture. In the second section, uh, Israel actually has undergone judgment, and so there's encouragement in the midst of judgment, and the encouragement in the midst of judgment is there is a, a servant who will suffer for us. And we've just read that beautiful final uh, servant song in uh, Isaiah 53. And uh, the first part of this is a reaction. Chapter 55 is a reaction to come if you are thirsty and receive what he has done for us as he suffered on our behalf and by his wounds we are healed. Then we go into 56, and we go into 56, we, we have the hope of final restoration. And it's a call to rest in God's righteousness, but it also calls for us to live a righteousness that reflects the gift that he has given us. So we're going to make that switch right in the middle of today's uh, reading from uh, the middle section to the final section and to the restoration and the hope uh, that will come to Israel. I'm Paul. You're with Katie and David and Matt. And before we read, as always, we were so grateful for the gift that God has given us through his word, uh, the beauty of his word, uh, the poignantness of his word, uh, the hope that we find in his word, uh, the challenge to our hearts and our dispositions we find in his word. All of these are rich tools that God uses in order to complete his work in us. And so before we read, we always offer ourselves, offer this moment, uh, offer the day and the week ahead uh, to him uh, to do as he pleases in our hearts and life by his spirit through his word. Mm-hmm. So Matt, you mind lifting us up? Yeah, let's, let's pray. Father, we, um, we're we grateful to, to come before you as your body to hear from you um, through your word. And, and we're reminded in the passage we read today that um, your word accomplishes all um, that you purpose it to. And so, Father, we ask as we read and we behold you, uh, we hear from you that, that you would accomplish your purpose in us. And, and Father, continue to form us into the image of Christ. Uh, we thank you for this time together. Father, would you be with us, um, drawn near to us? Thank you for this time. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 55 and 56. Uh, come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come by and eat. Come by wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I'll make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. See, I've made him a witness to the peoples and a ruler and a commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the righteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them and to our God, for he will freely pardon For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways, declares the Lord. 
as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Does the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and, bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater? So is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I have sent it. You'll go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you, and the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper. Instead of the briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. This is what the Lord says. Maintain justice and do what is right, for my salvation is close at hand, and my righteousness will soon be revealed. Blessed is the one who does this, the person who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath without desecrating it, who keeps their hands from doing any evil. Let no foreigner who is bound to the Lord say, The Lord will surely exclude me from his people, and let no eunuch complain, I'm only a dry tree. For this is what the Lord says to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath, who choose what pleases me and hold fast my covenant. To them I will give within my temple and its walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I'll give them an everlasting name that will endure forever. And foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord to minister to them, to love the name of the Lord and to his servants, all who keep the Sabbath without desecrating, all who hold fast to my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Sovereign Lord declares, He who gathers the exiles of Israel, I'll gather still others to them besides those already gathered. Come, all you beasts of the field, come and devour all you beasts of the forest. Israel's watchmen are blind. They all lack knowledge. They are all mute dogs. They cannot bark. They lie around and dream and love to sleep. They are dogs with mighty appetites. They never have enough. They are shepherds who lack understanding. They all turn to their own way. They seek their own gain. Come, each one cries. Let me get wine. Let us drink our fill of beer. And tomorrow will be like today, or even far better. Come from a really beautiful uh, invitation into the salvation of the Lord to the reality, you know, that lies on the ground in Israel, that uh, their leaders do not know the Lord. They do not follow the Lord. They're like dogs that uh, that do not bark. There is no warning of the coming you know, doom. And so you move beautifully from God's hope for his people to the reality of his people. And the reality of his people is that they are caught in their sin and their wickedness and, and, and are deeply blind to it. So as we read these passages, you're going to have some really powerful imagery of, of sin and unfaithfulness to God, you know, that you almost are repulsed by, you know, even listening to it. And it's easy for us to kind of see that in other people, but not to see our unfaithfulness and our adulteries and our idolatries in our own lives. So, um, this week's passages are going to be passages of both great hope and also calling us to great repentance. Man, um, that verse, verse 11 of chapter 56, they are dogs with mighty appetites. They never have enough. And then even going back to 55, just how it talks about don't spend your money on, on the things that won't satisfy. You know, what is good and what does satisfy is actually freely offered to you. Um, it makes, they both make me think of, um, what, what Paul says, um, when he talks about the food is first, what is it? Food is for the stomach and stomach for food. And, um, and so he's, he's speaking in that passage of our appetites, our, our sexual appetite, our actual, um, physical food appetite and how they will never be satisfied and how, um, how our, 
our satisfaction is in the Lord alone. Um, and, and just personally, I'm, I'm deeply struck, um, by this imagery because how often do I seek just comfort in other things? I mean, it, it really makes me kind of emotional because, um, there's just so, so many things that I long to fill my, my heart with, um, even physical food that I just like, I, I crave and I, you know, I'm just constantly craving these things to satisfy me. And, um, the only one who can satisfy me is Christ alone. And, um, and the invitation is here to come and, and to partake, um, and to participate in what he's done. And so I just, I think that is for sure, um, the thing that strikes me out of these passages the most. And now what we you know, just read, of course, we, we were stopping really in the middle of a section when we uh, go from 56 to 57. Um, but that, you know, final cry, come, each one of us cries, let me get some wine, mm-hmm. let's drink our fill of beer, and tomorrow is going to be like today, or, or maybe even better mm-hmm. uh, in our complacency and, you know, kind of self-medication. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we feel like, you know, one day is going to be, you know, just like the next day, and we don't realize, you know, what's going on around us. And, of course, in Isaiah, you know, that is looking deep into your own heart, you know, and recognizing your own idolatries, looking around, you know, for those who are weak and oppressed and marginalized and having, you know, just simply concern for your welfare, but genuine concern, you know, for the welfare, you know, of others. Mm-hmm. And, and you have that little phrase, you know, why labor for things that won't satisfy? And we spend a lot of our time, you know, working to achieve goals and reach goals mm-hmm. and to have stuff. And the stuff is never, you know, never comes through exactly the way we, we thought it would come through for us. And we find ourselves quickly, you know, on to the next goal, on to the next dream, searching for the next, you know, level of satisfaction. And all of these things are, are good gifts, you know, from God. Mm-hmm. You know, because part of the invitation in the first part is, you know, to the richest wines and the choices of food. The, you know, the, all of these are good gifts from God, but when they become a replacement for the comfort mm-hmm. and the satisfaction we find in God. And we look for uh, good things, common graces, to be ultimate things rather than trusting in uncommon grace. Uh, they become bigger in life. And, and of course, our hearts are, are turned toward our idolatries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have the love, just the, the heart of the Father in this invitation to us, come, you know, come, come. I mean, how many times does he invite them to come and to receive that which is far better than they could ever imagine, you know, come and you who have no money. I mean, those who are in, in some sense, right, are not worthy to come. I mean, you don't go to a marketplace with no money to buy food mm-hmm. and unless the invitation is extended from one who is gracious and inviting and says, come. And, and, and so, I mean, it says, come, give ear, listen, seek the Lord, you know, turn and, and he will have mercy. He will pardon. I mean, just the, the heart of God towards um, towards his children, come receive, and and obviously that leads us to to the words of Jesus when he invites us. You know, if you're weary and burdened, come to me, and I will give you rest. And, and just that, what we receive when we come to to God is so much better than we could ever imagine. And yet, He freely gives it to those who come to Him. Oh yeah, and, and what a beautiful description of who God is. You know, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Uh, as you read this, and of course, if you read it in you know, Isaiah's generation, uh, there there's a lot of mystery here. You know, you have a very you know stark uh, pronouncement of God's judgment, but you also have a 
even more robust proclamation of the hope that comes through God. And the question in the middle of all of this is how in the world is God going to accomplish that? And, and still, we, we kind of want to take this apart and parse it a lot today, you know, how, what God has accomplished for us in salvation. And, and really, the invitation is not come and figure it out, but realize that God is doing something bigger than you'll ever understand or perceive, but he's offering it to you freely, you know, as a personal gift from him. And, and then, you know, the whole idea that as the rain and snow waters the earth and it brings it into flourishing and budding, so God's word does the same thing in our hearts and lives, you know, as it, as it comes to us. And there's a, a lot of Jesus coming into Jerusalem in this passage. Yeah. Uh, you'll go out into and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst in song before you, and the trees of the field will clap their hands. Of course, the Pharisees saying to Jesus, quiet down the crowds. It's getting a little bit out of hand. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, even, even if they were quiet, the rocks and hills would do exactly what Isaiah said, rejoice in uh, the restoration you know, of all creation. Mm -hmm. And then that little line as he marched in, into the temple and clears the temple, the outer courts had become a place for commerce rather than a place where the nations could come and seek God, mm -hmm. which was our purpose. And uh, you know, Jesus said, for it is written, you know, my house will be a house of prayer for all nations. Mm -hmm. and, and of course, the invitation there is to come uh, from wherever you are and in all nations includes us. And the beauty too, yeah, as the, as the word is at work in us, um, bringing forth life and, and helping us flourish and maybe even shaping us. You know, he also talks about that idea um, to maintain justice at the start of 56 and do what is right. And so there is the, the life that is centered on the word and flourishing is a life that is pursuing justice and righteousness where mm -hmm. it finds itself, which for us would be here in, in this time and in this place to pursue that for the renown of the Lord. No kidding. And then you have, you know, that weird little passage in the middle about eunuchs coming into the house of the Lord and having a, a memorial built for them. Uh, under the old covenant, uh, you had to come into the Lord's presence with a, you know, a, a sacrifice that was complete and whole. And uh, you yourself had to be a person that was complete and whole. And so those, you know, that may have been mangled or tormented or born, you know, were not allowed into the temple. And instead of uh, not being, you know, instead of being excluded from the temple, uh, there's going to be a memorial in the temple to the broken mm -hmm. and to those who are not whole. Because in God's grace, you know, we're all made whole. So there's a lot, a lot more in a, in your know, 55 and 56 that we could cover in the span of a, you know, 15 minute podcast. But it's just a deep, rich invitation for the restoration, you know, that God, you know, that God will bring. It's a nation that has been in exile and is invited to return to God with all of their heart. And when you go to Matthew's gospel, you know, that's exactly where Matthew puts us. He gives us, you know, 14 generations, you know, from Abraham to David, 14 generations from David to the exile, and then uh, to Christ. And so we have a nation in exile waiting for the coming of the king that will restore them all. David, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. And Father, what a great hope that is, um, that we don't restore ourselves, we don't make ourselves whole, but you, through your grace, you do that for us. Um, we thank you for all the promises that we see in Isaiah that point us to Christ. Um, may that restore us, may that renew our affections for him today. We pray this all in his wonderful name. Amen. Mm -hmm.